Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome once again to the CMI School of Christ. And uh, we're going to go ahead and continue with our class, The Great Mercy of God. <clears throat> We've been looking at the past couple classes, just uh, Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, 1 through 4, just kind of in there. We've looked at it. Um, We've looked at the whole passage, and then we've just kind of looked at individual terms specifically. We've looked at it in uh, commentaries and dictionaries and lexicons and such. And um, for this class, I just I just like to. It's funny I've got it in Spanish. <laughs> um, I would like to just read a couple of different translations that are in Spanish, but I'll translate them into English uh, for that passage. Excuse me. And forgive me, I did, I did, took me a while to find them in Spanish just reading through them, but I I didn't have time to uh, read through all these different translations that I have in English. But you'll kind of get the idea when I read them, though. In Spanish. But let me just go ahead and read uh, Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, thy exceedingly great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. <clears throat> and uh, I'm not even sure if giving you the translations on this one will make that much of a difference, but I may just be able to scroll through some of them real quick. Uh, If I can, forgive me, I'm just going to see what I can find real quick. No, it would just take too long for me even to find one verse. Well, this is a Spanish translation uh, for verse 2 of Genesis chapter 15, and it's the, the sacred scriptures the old version or antiquity version, antigua, version antigua, the old version. But it says this, um, Abram responded, Lord God, what will you give me seeing that I am alone? And that's what caught my Attention, and it goes on. And the the steward of my house is this uh, Eliezer of Damas- uh, Damascus. Uh, but it says, "What will you give me, seeing I am alone?" And he equated the son, the true son of the father, not being present, as a situation of being alone. And what I did 
I shared it with uh, with some with the Bible school students in Monterey in, in our class, and I basically was just was just sharing this. You know, before one is born again, the soul is alone. Why? Because it is apart from God. It is separated from God in a bad sense. It is separated from because God is not present, because Christ is not present. Therefore, the soul is literally alone. Life is not present because the Son is, is not present. And see, this is, this is something that was governing the heart of Abram during this time. As we, we've stated it um, in previous classes, you know, Abram continued in the appearing of the Lord. So, more of the mind of the Lord is governing Abram. More of the wisdom of the Lord is governing Abram. More of the knowledge of the Lord is governing Abram. More of the understanding of the Lord is governing Abram because he continues in purpose. He continues in the appearing of the Lord. And like I said, the whole... The whole goal, the whole purpose isn't so that more of the Lord can govern. No, that's, that's just the results of continuing in the appearing of the Lord. And that's, that is the whole issue. That is the whole purpose, the whole will of God to continue in the appearing of the Lord. <clears throat> okay. So I love that translation uh, for verse 2. What will you give me, seeing that I am alone? All right. And then uh, I could read verse 4. But basically, I mean, even in that translation, that Spanish translation, verse 4, and then the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir but the one who will come from your very own, I think it's bowels, he shall be your heir. He shall be the heir. Basically, the Lord was, was making everything clear to Abram because at this point, Abram sees, he sees a picture, and, or, see, or shall I say, he sees the big picture. He sees father, son, and an inheritance. And things aren't, things aren't adding up in Abram's heart, in Abram's mind. Because right now, uh, during this time, as we've stated in previous classes, the one in line to be the heir is a servant in the house and not the son. So Abram brings all this before the Lord and the Lord says, no, the servant will not be the heir, but a son from your very own bowels, from your very own, from you. <clears throat> your very own son will be the heir. So now you have uh, a testimony, a picture of, of God the Father, God the Son, and the inheritance of the Son. All right, so that's, that's what you have there. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was just read some of uh, some verses just because of the way verse two of the way they translated it with Abram saying, "What will you give me, seeing I am alone?" 
What, what, what will you give me, seeing I am alone? <clears throat> and of course, this is after the Lord says, uh, I am thy shield, thy seemingly great reward. Uh, and he's promised him an inheritance, a land, even a seed. The Lord was the very first one who mentions the seed. So Abram just kind of, all this is what's, what's on his heart. He just presents it back to the Lord. You know, everything that's, that's in his heart, that's weighing upon his heart. But I love the way they translate this. What will you give me, seeing I am alone? It's kind of like saying, what good are your blessings? What good are, are uh, your promises, seeing I am alone? Now, once again, <clears throat> as I stated a while ago, the one who is not born again is alone because Christ is not present. Now, the one who is born again, Christ is present. Therefore, whether if there is another physical warm body around or not, that soul is never alone. Jesus said this in, in uh, one of the Gospels. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the life of the soul. Once, once one is born again, hey, Christ is present. And listen to this. What God hath joined, let no man separate. What God hath joined, no man can separate. So therefore, the Lord is always present once the soul is born again. So now with Abram here, as a type of one who is born again, now there's a difference. There's a difference between reality versus, how shall I put it, reality governing or the mind of God governing. Okay. Uh, once again with our diagram, the moment of new birth, the Lord is present. The soul is never alone from that moment onward, from that moment onward. The thing is, if the heart, if the soul does not know the one who's present, then that heart, that soul may feel alone. Why? Because of ignorance of the one who is present. Now, now, at the moment of new birth, the glory of God fills the earth. We've, we've read it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verses like 1 through 3, 1 through 4. The heavenly declaration, holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth, not just a little portion, no. The whole earth is full of His glory and Christ is the glory of God. The glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He is the glory of God. All right? But now you have, because this is reality, Christ fills the soul, Christ fills the earth. That's reality. But now you have the heart needing to come in understanding by the work of the Spirit from the understanding of man unto the understanding of God. 
And here's where you find the picture of Abram continuing in the appearing of the Lord. Continuing in faith. Continuing in purpose. Continuing in the will of God. So that I think it's like uh, Habakkuk. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I think it might be Habakkuk. Where you have the verse, and now the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. Well, the waters cover the sea perfectly. Therefore, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord that is present, now the knowledge must fill perfectly. Just as the glory of the Lord fills perfectly. So, <clears throat> not sure how I got there. Yeah. So now with Abram. Uh, what will you give me seeing I am alone? And see, that's the, thing, that, 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 that's the thing, brother and sister. What I mentioned was from the moment of new birth, we are never alone. Once again, what did Jesus say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. That which God hath joined, let no man separate. No man can separate. No man can undo the miracle of God. No man can undo the miracle of new birth. But just as new birth is a miracle, the knowledge of the new birth is just as much a miracle of God. And see, if, if, if the person is born again and they don't know Christ is present, then they can feel they are alone when they are not. They are not alone. Because once again, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The thing is, we're just ignorant of the one who's present. And see, that, that was one of the things just really in the heart of Abram. Okay, Lord, all right, I know I've got a servant. Uh, I'm a father. Okay, I know there's an, an inheritance. But what will you give me seeing I am alone? I just don't, listen, I just don't see the sun That's the way it is with everything, with everything. It is a matter of our hearts. I'll, I'll put it this way. With every situation, with everything that, that, upsets, that upsets us, with everything that, that disturbs our rest, that disturbs our peace, that all these things that, that toss us to and fro, all, all that is, is because it is one of not continuing in the appearing of the Lord. All right? Now, Abram desired to continue in the appearing of the Lord. That's why he brings it before the Lord. He brings the whole situation. And the answer to Abram's situation, listen to this, the answer to every situation is the very purpose for which the soul of man was created of God in the first place. The Lord just redirects to the purpose. Remember, from the very beginning, Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 3 or 4. Uh, Stephen, preaching to all those, declaring to all those there the purpose of God, the purpose for which he creates the soul. The God of glory, men and brethren, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham while he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. That means he was in Ur. 
And he said, get thee uh, out of thy land, out from thy kindred, unto, unto a land that I will show thee. And once again, the land that God shows is the land that is full of his glory. Remember with the Apostle Paul? But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son, where? In me. He shows the land that is full of his glory. That is filled with himself, the fullness of God, Christ himself, the Son. So, Abram comes short, because we all come short. And in the great tender mercy and ever-bounding grace of God, the Lord steps in again and speaks. Get thee from thy land, from thy kindred, and now he adds this, from thy father's house, because you are abiding where you are not. He doesn't change. The Lord doesn't change. What is the, what is the answer to the situation of coming short of the purpose for which God created the soul? The answer is just declaring the very purpose for which God created the soul again. God doesn't, He doesn't see us and see we get into a situation and then we cry out to God for help and He says, oh, okay, well, here's the answer in your situation. And here's this other different answer in this situation. And well, in this situation, this is the answer. No, no, God doesn't do that. He doesn't come up with different answers. And God's not in the answering business in that sense, okay? This is what He does. For every true need that is present. He created the soul for one purpose. The appearing of His Son in it. Apart from that purpose for which He created the soul, God doesn't have an answer. Lord, help me here in Haran to convince these others of dot, dot, dot? No. No. Unto a land I will show thee. God, all He does is declare purpose once again. In essence, He declares His will once again. Because His purpose is His will. He only has one Son. And He declares that one Son. Unto a land I will show thee. And we all know that when Abram came into the land, the Lord appeared. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me. All right. So this is it at every moment of the juncture. And even here with Abram, Lord, what good is all this? Seen, I am alone. What good is all this? Seen, I am alone. Well, you see you are alone because you have yet to see a greater appearing of the Son, the one who is present. See? When, when our hearts dwell in ignorance, having not yet come to the purpose of God for which He created the soul, then we do see ourselves as alone. 
and we have yet to see the Son who is present. And when, by the work of the Spirit, by God drawing and a work of the Spirit in bringing us, and in the tender mercy and ever-abounding grace of God, He reveals His Son in the soul, then we begin to see the Son that is present. We begin to see the One who is present. It's kind of like the same thing like this. Uh, I think it was Philip in, in the Gospel of John, towards the end of the, the Gospel of John, he says this to Jesus, uh, Lord, show us the Father, and that's sufficient for us. Just show us the Father, and, and it suffi- it's sufficeth us. It's sufficient. That's all we need. Just show us the Father. And Jesus looks at all of them. Now, he looks at Philip specifically. But he says this, Have I been so long with you and you do not know me? Let's see that verse. Because that, it, it remains the same regardless. Let me see if I can find that verse. I know it's in John, the Gospel of John. Forgive me, my voice is still... I think I'm getting over my sinus infection slowly but surely. But uh, I still have allergies. Let's see if I can find it. Excuse me. They can find it this way, be quicker. Yeah, it's uh, John chapter 14. I hadn't, I didn't go back that far. John 14, verse. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to hold my place here in Genesis. Okay, let's see. John 14, verse... I'll just start with verse 6. It says, uh, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Here's Philip, verse 8. Philip says, says unto the Lord, unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it's sufficient. Verse 9, Jesus says unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? And that is exactly the way it is with us. Have I been so long time with you and you don't know me? Now, think about this. From the moment, listen, from the moment of new birth, Christ has been present. The Son has been present. We have not been alone. 
because Jesus Himself has been present. Oh yes, we've searched the Scriptures. I sure did. When I was first born again, I read the, I read the Gospels for the very first time in my life. I was surprised that all the four Gospels pretty much were saying the same thing. I didn't know that. After being born again, I read them and I said, you know what? This one says the same thing as this other one. And as I continued to read the four Gospels, I discovered they're saying the same thing. And yet, I did not know Him. And see, that's it. All of our studies, anything that, anything that you can do with a natural eye, with a natural ear, with a natural brain, at best and at most, can only be a tool that the Holy Spirit can use to prepare the ground of our heart, the ground of our soul, for the appearing of the Lord. But the Spirit of God has to take it to come to this end where the Lord is, is revealed of the Father, where Christ the Son is revealed to the Father. It's a work of the Spirit. It is once again the miracle of God. Only He can do it. Man can't do it. Man cannot. So here's Jesus. Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? So what does he say? Philip, you're just not paying attention. Philip, you're not listening to my words. Because Philip was a disciple. He's part of the twelve. One of the twelve. He went where Jesus went. Ate where Jesus ate. He spent time with Jesus. He was with Jesus 24-7. He listened with the natural ears to Jesus. He saw with the natural eye Jesus Himself. He spent time with Him. He talked with Him. For three and a half years. And this is what Jesus has to tell Him. Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me? All this time spent, Philip, and you still don't know me? That's like the Lord speaking to us. All this time spent in studying and searching and trying to hear the voice of God, listen, obey, be obedient, be in God's will, and we still don't know Him? And then Jesus says this, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how do you say then, show us the Father? L listen to what Jesus said. He that has seen me has seen the Father. Philip, you haven't seen me. Well, what do you mean, Jesus? I see you every day. I talk to you every day. I spend time with you every day. I spend quality time with you every day. And Jesus says, you've not seen me. You've not seen me because you've seen with a natural eye. Therefore, you have an unrighteous judgment. You've not seen me. And see, the Holy Spirit will not let up, though we do. We, we, we settle for less the Spirit of God does not. We settle for less and say, Lord, bless me. Lord, what is your will for my life? 
Did you hear how I said that? What is your will for my life here? And the response is basically, you've not seen your life. What you believe to be your life is not life at all. You've just not seen your life. But come, come, come unto a land that I will show you. The land that is full of the glory of God. The land that is full of the fullness of God. Christ Himself. The land that is filled with the Son. Christ Himself. The land that is filled with life. Christ Himself. You've just not seen your life. See, we, we settle for less. We all do. Listen, I do. You do. And if you don't think you do, the Spirit of the Lord will convince you that you do. See, God just doesn't throw verses out in Scripture. He just doesn't say things in Scripture just to say them. You know, you can read Isaiah. I think, forgive me if we didn't read it last class. I know I've, I read it over some class. But it's in Isaiah. There's nothing of Him that we desire. We esteemed Him not. We hid our faces from Him. You see? There's nothing of Christ, there's nothing of God that we desire at all. If God does not bring us, we will not come. If God does not bring us, we will not come. If God does not continue to bring us, we will not continue in purpose. Impossible with man, possible with God. Once again, it is the miracle of God. The miracle of God. There is first the miracle of new birth, Christ appearing where He was not before, and then there is the miracle of the knowledge of the new birth. This is where God the Father reveals His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is present in His inheritance, in His soul, in His land. But as I stated, we settle for less. But the Spirit of God will not settle for less. No. He is faithful unto the Son. Just as the Father is faithful unto the Son. Unto a land I will show thee. And the land that He shows is a land that is full, that is filled with His glory. So then, what is the... I don't want to say an answer... What is, I'll say it this way, what is the divine, the eternal declaration in any situation? Unto a land I will show thee. The whole earth is full of His glory. There you go. So here we have Abram. What will you give me seeing I am alone? The response of the Lord, you need to see the Son. You need to continue in purpose. Unto a land I will show thee. Continue. Continue, Abram. Remember? Walk the land. Continue walking. Continue walking in faith. Continue walking in purpose. Continue walking in the will of God. 
How so will all these things be? By continuing in the appearing of the Lord. The Lord doesn't change. No. A servant will not be the heir. The son will be the heir. All right. So going on. Let's see. Now it's Genesis. And I think it was like a couple of classes back that, that I that I mentioned this. Basically, it, it's, it starts off like this. When the Lord speaks, we have an understanding. And, you know, our understanding is complete darkness and ignorance. The Lord continues to speak regardless of our darkness or ignorance. And then, in His tender mercy and ever-bounding grace, by the Spirit of God, preparing the ground of our heart, the ground of our soul, to turn to the Lord, the Lord appears. So now we are born again. And we are still ignorant of the One who is present. Well, that doesn't... God doesn't change. God does not water down the Gospel. He does not water down... Listen, He does not water down... That's a colloquialism. He does not lessen His purpose. He does not lessen His will. He will not lessen His Son. Though we do. He will declare the same purpose, the same will, because He declares the same Son, period. He will always declare His Son. So He declares again, Unto a land I will show thee. And what He shows is Himself in the land. Alright. Our, our problem is, is that uh, we're just ignorant. For, for those of us who have not come yet unto the purpose of the Lord for which He created the soul, basically saying, for those of us in whom Christ has not yet been revealed, God still has that end in view. Unto a land I will show thee. For those of us who, whose hearts have turned unto the Lord, and it's, it's not anything that, that man has done, because no man can, can glory in something that he's not done. You know, it's a miracle of God. For those in whom Christ has been revealed to the Father, then it's just a matter of continuing in purpose, continuing in faith, continuing in the light, continuing in the purpose for which God created the soul, continuing in the appearing of Christ the Son. All right. Um, <clears throat> the Son is never alone. I want to uh, just read a couple of verses here. John chapter 8, verse 12 through 9. And see, this is, this is, this is true of Jesus. And because He is present in the soul, then it affects the soul. Then it governs, it, well, I can't say it governs, but it, it, it affects the condition of the soul. It is the condition of the soul because it's true of Jesus. Um, and plus, as I, as I stated earlier, Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And once again, what God hath joined, no man can separate. So, this is uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12 through 19. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He that followeth, once again, continue, continue. He that followeth me, 
that continues after me the length, the breadth, the height, the width. It's perfect. Perfect testimony because it's a perfect Christ, perfect Son. He that followeth me will not walk, will not abide in darkness. There you go. Abiding in darkness. What is darkness? The natural mind. The mind that is not Christ. Darkness is my mind, the mind of man. And that's why I said it. The Spirit of the Lord continues faithful to bring, listen, to bring the heart in understanding, the heart of the one who is born again in understanding unto where the Spirit of God has brought the soul in reality. From my understanding to the understanding of God, Christ His Son. All right. Uh, where was I? Chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. You judge after the flesh. After the flesh I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself and the Father that hath sent me beareth witness of me. Then uh, said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. Can't you hear it once again with Philip? Lord, show us the father. Have I not been so long time with you, Philip? And do you not know me? You don't know me because you haven't seen me. But I've seen you, Lord. No. No man knoweth the Son except the Father. And no man knoweth the Father except the Son and he unto whom he shall reveal him. Miracle of God. If God does not reveal the Son, we do not know the Son. Philip didn't. These Jews didn't. And they saw Jesus of Nazareth day after day after day after day. Peter, James, and John, they saw Jesus of Nazareth day after day after day after day. And it was only until the Lord took them up into the mount and God the Father revealed His Son that Peter could declare, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And at that point, it was from afar. And what did Jesus rejoice and said, Hey, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You're blessed because flesh and blood, the natural senses, Natural seeing, natural hearing, natural understanding 
did not reveal this unto you. All your studies did not reveal this unto you. All your spending time one-on-one with me did not reveal this unto you. All you listening to me speaking to you did not reveal this unto you. But my Father, who is in heaven, hath revealed it unto you. And see, that's the thing. This is what Jesus rejoiced about. He didn't rejoice about anything else. Peter, in type, came to purpose. Now, we know, we know uh, after the, the death, burial, and resurrection, after the crucifixion, Peter came in reality to the purpose for which his soul was called in the first place. All the apostles did. All the disciples did. Like Yes, all the disciples did. All those who followed Jesus did. <clears throat> now, their hearts had to continue. Their hearts had to come, Right? Once you're born again, the moment of new birth, you've been brought into reality because Christ Himself, the reality of God, is now found in the soul, has appeared in the soul. But now the the soul, now the heart, the soul, must come in understanding where the Spirit of the Lord has brought the soul in reality. God the Father must reveal His Son. All right. Uh, so I'm back with uh, John chapter 8. I'm not sure where we were. If you, yeah, verse 19. If you had known me, you should have known my father, known my father also. Uh, verse 23 through 25. And he said unto them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that, he, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. And see, that's the thing. God doesn't change halfway midstream for us. No, he declares his son from the beginning. Get out of thy land from thy kindred unto a land I will show thee. And the land that he shows, once again, is the land that is full of his glory. The land wherein the Son dwells. He doesn't change midstream halfway there. No. Get out of thy land, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, because you're abiding where you are not, and come unto a land that I will show thee. God doesn't change his mind. He has one Son, He declares that one son, period. Throughout the whole entire scripture, he declares his one son. All right? Let's see where we're at. Verse 28. Picking up with verse 28 through 29. Uh, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am. And I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Excuse me, I need to get a cough drop here. The Father hath not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. And really... That's throughout all eternity. There's only one who pleases the Father. That's the Son. His Son. And, listen to this, it pleases God to reveal His Son in the heart that is turned 
to see his son. I love that. All right. Verse, let me look at just this other verse here because for some reason I've got it marked and I can't remember why I put it there. Yeah, I'll go ahead and <clears throat> go ahead and read it. This is John chapter 16, verse 30 through 32. Uh, this is after Jesus spoke to them uh, plainly. They said, now, we, uh, now are we sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou comest forth from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh Yea, is now come that you shall be scattered every man to his own and you shall leave me alone. No man standing with Jesus. No one physically there with Jesus. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And remember once again, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. At the moment of new birth, Christ is present. We are never alone. Christ is present. The thing is, we are just ignorant of the Son, of Christ the Son who is present. We just don't know Him. Therefore, we think we are alone. We just don't know Him. But the Spirit of God remains faithful to prepare the ground of our heart, the ground of our soul, to be able to bear. He prepares the ground of our heart. He prepares the ground of our soul to be able to bear an appearing of the Lord where He is. All right. Uh, back to John chapter 8, verse 30 through 36. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Jews, which believed on him. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And uh, once again, verse 33, they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man's, uh, to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Now verse 37 through 39. Uh, I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which uh, you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. She said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Which is verse 39. If you were Abraham's children, 
you would do the works of Abraham. I've got uh, several verses in Spanish uh, that I spent time looking up. And uh, as, I, as I stated it before, I didn't, uh, I didn't spend time looking up any in English. But uh, I'll go ahead and translate some of these for you. Uh, because I'm sure that we would find the same thing in several of our own English translations of the Scripture. But um, the verse that I'm looking at is uh, John chapter 8, verse... uh, Let me just mark it here. Verse 56... Verse 56. And let me just go ahead and read that verse 56 real quick. It's because it's still, it's going down further and Jesus kind of keeps with Abraham. And see the whole, the whole thing, once again, even, even with where we're at in our classes, it's the whole journey of Abraham. All right, verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw and was glad. And uh, there is... I can't remember where I found this. I think I think I found this uh, in one of my English translations, or I may have found it in like one of the Bible lexicons. Forgive me. I just wrote literally what it means. It says um, basically what they what they said was this: that your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That it basically says uh, in order that he might see in order that he might see rejoiced in order that he might see something to that extent but this is um, la biblia de las americas spanish translation lbla it says your father abraham rejoiced listen to the way it says this waiting to see my day. And he saw it and he was glad. Your father Abraham rejoiced waiting to see my day. The day of the Lord is when the Lord appears. Uh, I can't remember if it was in this class or a previous uh, class, but we discover, we discover the mercy of the Lord New every morning. Every time the Spirit of God has prepared the ground of our heart to turn yet once again to the Lord, the Lord appears. Unto us, it is like another day. But in reality, it's only the appearing of the same day. The day of the Lord. Christ Himself. The day. Abraham rejoiced, waiting to see my day. And see, that's the thing. Abraham lived in an expectation. The heavenly expectation. The eternal expectation. The appearing of the Lord. He lived in expectation of the Lord appearing. See, this is the whole walk of Abraham. 
He continued in the purpose for which God created the soul. He continued in the will of God. He continued in faith, walking in faith. He continued walking in truth. He continued walking in light. He continued in expectation of beholding the one who was present in the land. Remember with uh, the Apostle Paul, everything that he thought, the source out from everything which he did was this. Uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 16, James Murdoch's translation is the Syriac Pishido. I have appeared unto thee. This is Jesus speaking to Saul at the moment. I have appeared unto thee to constitute thee a minister and a witness of this, thy seeing me and of thy seeing me hereafter. Paul lived in a continual expectation of beholding the one who was present then, now, within the soul. Abraham continued in an expectation of the one who was present, of the beholding of the one who was present in the land. Remember? Out of thy house, from thy father's house, from thy kindred, from thy land, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee. And the very thing that God shows in the land is himself. That was one translation. This is, uh, and I know my time's running out here, This is uh, the word uh, translation, Hispano-Americana. And it says this, Your father, Abraham, your father, rejoiced in the hope to see my day. In the hope that he would see my day. And he saw it. He rejoiced in the hope to see my day. And he saw it. Why do we think Abraham's called the father of faith? Because he saw the substance. He saw what cannot be seen with the natural eye, what cannot be understood by the natural brain, the natural mind, the natural reasoning. He rejoiced to see. He rejoiced with the hope to see the day of the Lord. And he saw it. Because he saw the Lord appearing. You see, that's all it is. It's very simple. It's, you, could, you could say it, as Paul put it, the simplicity of Christ. It's not great some, some event, some situation. No, it's a person. The appearing of that person. And I love the way Jesus uh, brings it out with Abraham. Here's another translation. This is the, the New Jerusalem Bible. And of course, these are, I'm, I'm translating this from my Spanish translations, so it may read a little different in English. Uh, Abraham rejoiced thinking on seeing my day. Thinking. I love the way they say that. Rejoiced thinking on seeing my day. He lived in hope of seeing the day of the Lord. He lived in expectation of seeing the day of the Lord. He rejoiced in thinking about seeing the day of the Lord. The purpose of the Lord is what was governing this man, Abraham. Therefore, he's called the father of faith. 
thinking about seeing. He, this, is what he, this is what he contemplated. This is what he, what he thought about. This is what governed his heart. This is what he meditated upon. The next appearing of the Lord. And the next appearing of the Lord. This is pretty, uh, a pretty base example. But there's a, there's a song out there. Well, it's not out there right now. It's like from the 1960s, 1970s. But uh, one of the verses uh, in it was, was basically this. It was like, when will I see you again? And I know that that song was written, you know, on a carnal level, you know, a natural, natural love. But just think about it. There's something greater. There's something greater than that. And Abraham lived in that. He lived in that reality. He lived in that expectation. With Abram, the whole issue was, Lord, when will I see you again? I don't see the sun. Here we, have an, here we have a land, an inheritance, and I don't see the sun in it. You've given me no sun. When will I see you again, Lord? He's living in the expectation, hope in a hope to see the one who is present. This is what consumes his heart. Therefore, it consumes his thoughts. The very purpose of God. <clears throat> Here's another um, another translation. Here's the translation from the Kadosh, the Israelite Kadosh, the Study Bible Kadosh. Uh, Abraham, your father, rejoiced that he would, that he would see my day, that he would future tense, that he would see my day. And see, with Abraham, it wasn't a thing of, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. See, at this point, the Lord had already appeared three times. He rejoiced that he would see and continue to see. Because every time, once again, every time the Lord appeared unto Abram, he saw the day of the Lord. And that's the translation of Kadash. Um, here's the the living. I, I think it's the living translation, viviente translation. I, I guess it's the living translation. Uh, Abraham, your father, rejoiced. Uh, meanwhile, he waited. My coming. Abraham, your father, rejoiced. Meanwhile, he waited my coming. And he saw and he was filled with joy. Do you see? It's all a matter of a person. And Abraham saw this one. Abraham, Abraham saw this one. He continued. Um, here's... Uh, This is the, the, the Word of God for Everyone translation. And once again, these are the Spanish translations. I'm just like translating them into English. 
Um, it says this, uh, your father Abraham rejoiced much that he would be able to see the day and that I would come. And he saw it and he was very content. He became very content. So I can continue reading on uh, with these translations here. But, um, well, you might know this one. Here's the LITV. Your father Abraham leaped for joy that he should see my day. And he saw and rejoiced. And see, that was the whole thing with Abraham. He lived in a continual expectation of seeing the Lord and continuing to see the Lord. For him, it wasn't a one-time thing once again. He lived in that expectation. He lived in that hope. He lived in the appearing of the Lord. This is why he was called the father of faith. And he saw and was glad. And we can't just relegate or delegate that to a specific timeline. You see what I mean? It's not on and it's not on a timeline. It was whenever and Abraham lived in that expectation. Once again, this is what he thought of. When will I see you again? When will I see the sun again? When will I see this one who's present in the land again? And with that expectation, he walked in faith. So I'll go ahead and leave you for this class. I know my time's up. Forgive me, I may have gone a little bit over time. And um, you can search out this particular verse in the different English translations. I think I'll probably end up looking at some (laughs) in my English translations now that I have a little bit more time. But uh, I'm sure that they're going to say the same thing. Abraham is considered the father of faith because he lived in expectation of seeing the Lord. And he saw the Lord again and again and again and again. So, may the Lord continue to prepare the ground of our heart, the ground of our soul, that we may live in such an expectation. All right? So, I'll leave you for this class. The Lord bless you all. We'll see you in our next class. Amen.